Our only verse of scripture this morning comes from Psalm 19, verse 1. While you're turning there, let me also, uh, as you're praying this week for our vacation Bible school in the beginning there, let me ask you to also pray for one of our own from Piedmont First Baptist who uh, Jess Jennings this week um, will be sending about 262 college students out from Rainsville, Alabama to be going to uh, 20 different nations uh, around the around the world to be doing a 52-week uh, mission experience. And uh, myself, Dennis Ragsdale, and Scott Maddox are going up this afternoon to feed those uh, college students and, and uh, be a part of their commissioning service. But be praying for Jess and Wendy Jennings as they... Um, put all that together and they send those people out and those college students and many of those college students will find themselves uh, in full-time missions later on. So please pray for the Nehemiah team as they leave over the next few days. Let me um, say this, this week, beginning this week, 25,000 Southern Baptist churches will begin vacation Bible schools that will reach close to 3 million children. That's an incredible work of missions in itself. Last year, we're finding this out right as we come up on the, um, at the eve of our Southern Baptist Convention, which begins at the end of next week, 15,000 Southern Baptist churches last year in 2016 reported no baptism, none whatsoever. Um, as we're able to say here at Piedmont First Baptist, we were third in the county last year in baptisms. And it's something to be incredibly proud of. It shows that we are an evangelistic church. But every church should have the opportunity, maybe through vacation Bible school or something that they're doing in their church, to lead someone to Christ and to, and to lead and disciple that person to baptism through um, maybe vacation Bible school or another outreach that they're doing there in their church. But pray about the fact that in our convention last year, 15,000 churches had no baptisms. That's a startling amount. And we need to pray that uh, each church become more evangelistic because many of those churches will cease to exist in the next several years because they're not growing. Let me ask you this question this morning. Let's be participatory here this morning for just a few moments. If you were saved... At Vacation Bible School, if you came to know Christ as your Savior at Vacation Bible School, whether it was here or at another church, would you stay in for just a minute? Don't, don't, not everybody at once. If you were saved at Vacation Bible School, that's awesome. Look around you at the people who, young people, um, um, well, I won't say old people, young people, a little bit older, all right? That's awesome. Now, Y'all can see it. I remember the day that Grayson was saved. I know exactly where he was sitting. He's sitting right about in between where Brandy and Diana were sitting. I was peeping through that window right there, praying while they were talking to him about uh, becoming a Christian. Um, now, let me ask you this. If you have had the opportunity, if you've had the experience of leading a child to Christ during vacation Bible school, would you stand? Wow. 
That's what we're doing this week. We want to be able to say at the end of this week that others, 10 years from now, if a pastor stood here and said, well, you saved at Vacation Bible School, there'd be uh, people who would stand up all around the room. And also through Vacation Bible School, it's one of the first places where we introduce people into evangelism and sitting down with someone and sharing the gospel with them. Now, uh, to some people, it's a challenge to share with a child because you have to bring your vocabulary and your, and, and your way of thinking and your, uh, the way you talk, you have to bring it down to the level of a child. And, but it is a wonderful experience to come here on a Wednesday during Decision Day and uh, children who have uh, expressed an interest in knowing Christ as their Savior, they bring those children in here and there will be adults who will come and they will take those children and one-on-one share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them, take them through the ABCs of the gospel, and show them how they can know Christ for eternity. And it's a wonderful experience that we hope we see uh, reproduced this week and for many years to come. So this week our theme is Search the Visible, Discover the Invisible. The verse is uh, Psalm 19.1 says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky proclaims the work of His hands. With the power of His word, God created everything we see. He made a vast universe. Now, when I was a child sitting in school, they would tell us in our science classes that there was a possibility that there were billions of stars that we hadn't seen. Now, our children sit in classrooms and they're told, that not only are there billions of stars, but there are billions of galaxies that we have not seen. Now, the smallest galaxy may have just a few billion stars. The largest galaxy can have up to 100 trillion stars. I believe it's because God's voice, as He created everything, and He said, let there be light, I truly believe this morning that His voice is still echoing throughout the universe and even as we speak, creation is continuing on. God created all that we see with, with creatures that proclaim His power. From the tiniest microbe that it takes the, the greatest telescope uh, or the greatest microscope to see to the largest galaxy that it takes the largest telescope to see. His hand is in everything. Now, here's what's so wonderful. That this same God who created the vastness of this universe, who created all that we see and all that we know, he, he did not create everything and then go sit down and just say, I'm going to sit here and look at what I created. It's wonderful. I'm going to look at the stars and the galaxies and all these things, and I'm just going to enjoy the work of my creation. That's not what he did. He created us. And he created us in his image, and he created us because he wanted to have a relationship with us. A friend of mine was asking me this week, she was talking to a, a, a friend of hers who's in a bad situation, and that friend of hers said to, to her, I don't know how to talk to God. I'm so lost, I don't know how to speak to God. And she asked me, what advice would you give? What would you tell me to tell him? And I'd tell him this. First of all, you're just having a conversation. And second of all, 
you need to tell him that God wants to talk to him a whole lot more than he wants to talk to God. God wants to have a conversation with him a lot more than he wants to have that conversation with God. Now this God who created everything that we see, created this great universe that we have to observe and to enjoy ourselves, this great God would rather talk to us and rather have fellowship and communion with us and rather spend time with us than he had anything else in, in, in existence. So we see that, and this week our children will have the opportunity to learn that he cares about every detail of their lives. I used to have a student in my youth group, and when we would have prayer requests, every week she would request prayer for one of her pets. She had a house full of pets. And some of the other kids would say to me, why do you let her make those prayer requests for her pets? And I said, does it seem important to her? And they say, yeah, it's so important, it's nerve-wracking. And I would say, well, if it's important to her, and she's God's child, then do you think it's important to God? If it's a burden on her heart, and they're like, okay, yeah, I guess so. We'll pray for her dog. But God wants to be a part of every detail of our lives. God wanted to be a part of every detail of our lives so much that he had a radical rescue plan to save us. Jesus, our creator, came to this earth to pay a price for our rebellion so that we have the opportunity to experience eternal life with him. He's made a way for us to enjoy a forever friendship. Now, he intended for us to have this from the very beginning. And so this week, our children are going to learn, first of all, they're going to learn that Jesus created everything and he made us in his image. And we are made to enjoy a forever friendship with him. You ever get out your old yearbooks and look at them and, and flip through and see people who were in, in 1982 who told me, forever friends, BFF. I don't know if we had BFFs back then, but, but people would write forever friends. If you ever need anything for the rest of your life, please call. I've thought often about picking up the phone and calling those people from back in 1982 and said, hey, look, I'm a couple hundred dollars short, but I got it right here in writing where you told me that if I ever needed anything, I could call you and you'd take care of me. Click. I knew you were crazy in high school. I didn't know it continued on. But Jesus is that forever friend. Jesus is that friend that no matter what we do, where we go, or where we are, Jesus is with us. Jesus created everything. He made us in his image. When the universe was created, Jesus Christ was there. In fact, he has always been. Genesis 1.1 tells us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then we go to John chapter 1, verse 1, and John tells us about Jesus who he calls the Word. He said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So this week, our children will learn that Jesus Christ was there at the beginning and that he continues on because he wants to be in a relationship with us through the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus, with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, spoke everything into existence. Everywhere we look, we can see the power and glory of God. Then we will learn that people are a very special creation of God. 
We are the crown of his creation. Well, as he was going through the creation process, if you read there the account in Genesis, at the, after he would finish a creation, he would say, and it was good. But after he created man, he said it was very good. We are the crown of his creation. We are the apple of his eye because we are made in his image. And what that means is, if I go to a mirror and I look and I see a reflection of who I am physically there. But God created each one of us to be his reflection in this world to people who don't know him. He created us to be the image bearers of him and how we live and what we do and how we go about our lives. We are to be a reflection of him. He made us to enjoy this great friendship and this love relationship with him that will last forever. God also made us to manage the earth and have dominion over it. Our children this week will learn in Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse number 26, they will learn God's word says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then it goes on to tell how blessed we are. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And so, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. You see, our children are going to learn this week that God created this universe he created us in his image, and he created everything that we have for us to have and enjoy and to give us sustainment through this life because he loves us, and he wants to have this relationship with us forever. Then the children will learn that our sin separates us from our perfect creator. Since the beginning, every person has turned their back on God. They'll learn about the account in Genesis chapter 3, the little dance that the children were doing a little while ago about the slippery snake that came in and deceived Eve. They're going to learn in Genesis chapter 3 about the fall of man and about the temptation of Adam and Eve and how they gave in to that temptation and how since that point we have all been separated from God because of that sin. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. From the moment of Adam and Eve's fall until now, all of us have been separated from God because of our sin. Our sinful natures cause us all to think, say, and do things that go against Him. Think about that. Our sinful nature causes us all to think, say, and do things that go against Him. How many of you, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you have to do is get control of your thoughts? Because when I wake up in the morning 
and I'm, I'm, I'm coming out of this deep sleep. I'm a deep sleeper. It takes a lot to wake me up. And I'm coming out of this deep sleep, and I'm groggy, and I'm thinking about that first cup of coffee, and, and immediately, I can promise you almost every morning immediately, the devil tries to take my mind and tries to pull it in a direction other than the direction that I should go spiritually. And the first thing that I have to do every morning is begin, before I, before I ever get out of the bed, most every morning I pray. Most mornings I pray this prayer. Lord, I need help. Lord, send me people to help. And Lord, give me the humility to accept their help. And then I get up and go about my day. But by that point, I've had to wrestle with the devil and get control of my thoughts through prayer. Otherwise, by the time my feet hit the floor, I might go in any other direction other than what the Lord has planned out for me to go that day. So our children are going to learn this week that God, that our sinful nature causes us to go against God. And Romans 3.10 is going to teach them, as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. Because with that fall came separation. And every one of us is separated from God and deserves eternal judgment. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So they'll come to this point to where they realize that God created this wonderful universe and this wonderful world that we live in. He created it for us to sustain us and for us to enjoy and enjoy this relationship with, us, with Him. But they'll also learn that because it was, it was supposed to be perfect for, from the beginning up until now, but because of sin it's not perfect. And they will also learn that that God has, has made a way for us to come to Him and to have this relationship. God Himself came to rescue us. His resurrection proves Jesus is God. His forgiveness is available to everyone in the world today, including you. The God of the universe came to the earth in the form of a man. Our children this, this week will learn that God loved them so much that he left heaven and came here to live in the form of a man because he wanted to be able to identify with us and he was the only one who could come and live a perfect sinless life and be our sacrifice. So Jesus is the perfect God-man. Go back to John chapter 1. Again, we read just a little while ago. And John describes him there in verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word. But where, where it says Word, substitute Jesus there. In the beginning was, was Jesus. And Jesus was with God. And Jesus was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Jesus Christ was a creator of this universe. And he came for a purpose. Because he is God, he never sinned, and he certainly didn't deserve to die. Jesus made a choice to pay for our sin. His death on the cross and his resurrection makes forgiveness available to everyone who ever lived. It's only through his death on the cross and his resurrection. And then 
We are rescued from our sin by Jesus and Jesus only. In Jesus, we can find forgiveness and eternal life, but there's no other way we can be saved except through Him. John 3.16 is a verse that our children will become more familiar with this week that says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but they have eternal life. They'll also hear John 10.10 where Jesus said, I have come to give you life and give it more abundantly or give it to the full. And then most importantly, they'll hear John 14.6 where Jesus said, to his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So why is it important to do Vacation Bible School? Why do we set aside so much of our budget to do Vacation Bible School? Why would a middle-aged, out-of-shape man volunteer to do a couple of weeks of recreation this week knowing that I could easily pass out and have to be rescued. Steve, bring water. Those two, Monday and Thursday. Because we know that this may be the only opportunity that some of these children have to come to know Christ as their Savior and to live with Him in eternity. We know that the forces of this world are so much stronger than they were even when I was a child. There's so many more things to pull them in so many other directions. And so many households in our community have no relationship with the church and have no idea what it means to follow Jesus and to live for God. They ride past our churches and they see big brick buildings and they are as foreign to them as um, as anything that you could think of that would be foreign to you. They, they have no comprehension and no understanding. But during this week, hopefully those children will come and they will come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Think of this. 80% of people in our churches today decided to follow Jesus before they were 18 years old. Let that sink in for just a minute. 80% of the people in our churches today decided to follow Jesus before they were 18. They used to tell me, um, back when I first went into youth ministry and I would go to conferences, they would say that if we don't reach someone with the gospel by the time that they're 18, there was only like a 10% chance that we'd ever reach that person with the gospel. That was in like 2000. By the time I left student ministry in 2013, they were saying that if we don't reach someone by the age of 14 with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that there's only a 10% chance that they will find Jesus later on. That's how much it shrunk during that 13-year time period. 50% of those in our churches who followed Jesus decided to follow Jesus before the age of 12. It is rare for a person to be saved after they're 18 years old. I'm one of those people. I was, I was over 18. Um, I looked, Jerry Dempsey was 68 um, 50 years later after he was 18. That's very rare. It's very rare for a person to come to know Christ after that age. Now, 
this week we will have children here um, who are in the prime position in their heart to trust Jesus as their Savior. What we know is that between the ages of 4 and 14, there is the best opportunity in a person's life. They're most open to learning what it means to trust God. And we know that what is rooted in the heart of a child is almost impossible to uproot in the life of an adult. Many of you here this morning came to know Christ as your Savior as a young child. Many of you here in this church, maybe through Sunday school, vacation Bible school, a discipleship class that you were in here in this church, you became a Christian at, at a young age. You may have been through multiple different things in your life. There may have been diff, uh, so many different things that you could talk to us about that have happened to you, and you know that what has sustained you and carried you through is looking back to that moment when you became a Christian and knowing that you were rooted and grounded in your faith in Christ and knew that that was what was going to take you through the rest of your life through every difficulty that you faced. No one told you when you got saved that the rest of your life was going to be easy, but what we tell you is you're going to go through the rest of your life with Christ. You're going to go through the rest of your life knowing that the God of the universe made his forgiveness available to you and you have him with you until you pass from this life and then eternity with him. Now our children will come this week to a point to where they'll be told about the ABCs of the gospel. It'll be very simply explained to them First of all, that they have to admit that they know that they have sin in their life. They admit to knowing that they are a sinner and that they're separated from God because of that sin. They'll be taught through the lessons that they'll read this week or the lessons that will be taught to them. It will go much deeper into what I've said here this morning about how each one of us is separated from God because of that sin. So they'll be given a chance to admit that they know that they're a sinner. And then they'll be given an opportunity to believe. To believe that Jesus Christ is God's only son and that he was crucified, that he was dead, that he was buried, and that he was resurrected. And that after he was resurrected, he went to heaven to hear our prayer. They'll have that opportunity to, to admit and then to believe, and then they'll have the opportunity to confess that Jesus Christ is their Savior. This week, I want you to be praying about that day. That day will be Wednesday for us. And I want you to begin to pray today. I want maybe you to spend some time here during this invitation and this time of worship and reflection. Maybe you come and pray for those children that they will understand the ABCs of the gospel. And that they will take it into their heart and that they will trust God and I want you to pray for the person who will be sharing that with them pray for any distractions in their lives to be taken away so that they have the opportunity to share it as clearly as they possibly can and pray that after that child comes to know Christ that we do the right things in discipling them and plugging them into a Sunday school class getting them on the van ministry if they need a ride 
plugging them into a Sunday school class, getting them involved in Awanas in September, all the things that we need to do and the resources that we have, making sure that we make sure those children grow in the knowledge of Jesus. Maybe this morning you're here and you've listened to this and maybe with a childlike faith, you may be 25, 35, 55, 85, but you've heard what our children are going to hear this week and it has begun to penetrate your heart. And you've begun to feel a tug in your heart saying that you need to know Jesus. It's just as simple as you coming here this morning and allowing myself or Seth or Donna to take and, and to instruct you, to show you through Scripture how you can know Christ as your Savior. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be an adult here this morning and to say when someone asks you, hey, where would you get saved? You say, well, I got saved at Vacation Bible School. I was 35 years old. That'd be wonderful. Maybe you've heard this and, and you, you've come and you know you've been to this place of salvation and you've never followed through with baptism. I want to tell you this morning, it's so important that Jesus walked 70 miles just to be baptized. And you should walk just these few feet and say, I want to be baptized. No matter what your need is this morning, let's take care of it before we leave. And let's know that we're going to spend eternity with a creator who could have created all these beautiful things and just sat and looked at them and enjoyed them for himself. But he created us also to enjoy them with him. But more than that, to find forgiveness and to be able to share things that we can't even think about later on through eternity. Let's bow for prayers. Micah comes. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the week that is ahead of us for Vacation Bible School. Thank you for everything that you do for us. Thank you for every moment that has been spent in preparation. Father, we pray that you would take that um, spirit of, of our people working for you and that your Holy Spirit would move and speak to children and bring them to Jesus. I pray this afternoon, dear God, that there are children in our community who don't even know that Bible school is happening yet, but they'll find out and they'll find a way to be here this evening and they'll get plugged in and before the week is over, they'll know Christ. For those who are here this morning, maybe they're five years old or maybe they're a hundred years old. It doesn't matter. If this is spoken to their heart, dear God, I pray that they would come and find Jesus this morning and knowing through eternity. No matter what our need, God, help us to pray. In Jesus' name, amen.